Welcome to the Kayak Bass Nation. Alright, what's up everybody? Welcome to KBN Live. Happy Valentine's Day. There's no more romantic place to spend Valentine's Day than right here with us on KBN Live. Amen to that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think you figured it out until I asked you at the house. Like, are we, are we doing this on Valentine's Day? My uh, box of chocolates and card from Walgreens on the way home was a big hit. So I picked that up on, on the way home last night. So I got canceled on. I thought I thought I had Valentine's plans. I was gonna try to squeeze in a try to squeeze in a dinner, but they're it, there's not enough time in the day, so here I am packing for Orlando tomorrow morning. There you go. Uh, man, tournament week. It was the first big tournament of the year for both of us. Didn't quite go how it, we had planned it, but it was still a hell of a time, man. I had fun down there. What would you think that, of that? Uh, that went exactly like I thought it was going to go for me. Uh, that's Every year is a pretty similar pretty similar result on that first one. Uh, that's That's what, you know keep you humble, knock you down real quick. Uh, it was a great time. Our house was great. You know, we had a good time hanging out with everybody. So, uh, that's, that's kind of what you show up for for me on that first one. Anyway, it's a social experiment. Yeah. The, uh, house was awesome. I got to spend some time with some guys that I really didn't know very well. Uh, Josh Evans, Dave Cottrell, some of those guys, awesome guys had fun with them there at the house. Ryan and I, for the first time teamed up on Cornhole. We had a good little run going for a minute. We had some blast. Do- had a blast doing that. Turns out we're not bad. Uh, Kai Cushion was the shocker of the of the cornhole bracket. Turns out old Kai Cushion can can sling some bags. All right. He was slinging them. He didn't like the trash talk very much, but did not but did not handle the trash talk. But he did enjoy the cornhole part. He did, he did enjoy the cornhole. We, I teamed up with him for a little bit too. I had all the ringers on my team. It was crazy. Yeah, you're pretty slick. You must be famous. Yeah. Hey, do you want to do any kind of tourney recap of what, what happened with you down there? I know you had some harrowing experiences, especially on Saturday. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't mind, too. We uh, we launched, actually, right where the meeting, the captain's meeting was, which was also, you know, I feel like we need to touch on that. This was like the first real, you know, full-scale big tournament that we've had since COVID started at Lake Norman two years ago. So rolling up to that and seeing 200 people packed under the pavilion there for the captain's meeting was awesome but uh i fished right there you know right in front of the place was my plan there was a big school of spotted bass out there and then my largemouth bite was about two and a half miles across the creek which is like a lake on toledo bend uh i went over to it the wind kicked up it started raining uh coming back across and i just ate rollers over the bow for (laughs) for about an hour and 20 minutes getting back across by the time I got back across, I had taken on quite a bit of water, and the old bow was sitting uh, just a couple inches above the water line. I could feel it rolling around pretty good, cold, wet, uh, about to sink. So that was uh, a <laughs> was a great a great day one. Day two was much more relaxing, but fishing was about the same. Yeah, yeah, man. For me, I, I thought I found a little something in practice and actually caught a limit on day one. Uh, lost a pretty good fish that would have helped, but. That weather change on day two, I was fishing real shallow, and I was on the very south end of the lake down by the dam and found some fish that I thought were trying to move up to spawn already, which makes sense since that the south end of that lake is like a totally different lake from the north uh, north end. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, what, 70 miles long? Uh, but that post front kind of turned all that off, and I couldn't figure it out, didn't know what to do. So uh, day two did not go well for me. But all in all, it was still a great weekend. And like you said, man, it was cool to see everybody at the captain's meeting. It felt kind of weird at first. I hadn't seen it in two years, so seeing all those people there – Shaking hands and bumping fists and eating pizza, you know all that all that stuff was awesome. We got to see that's how it AJ. should be. 
saw that that dope picture you took that we put up of uh and bayou coast thanks to bayou coast for cooking for everybody those guys for their for their regular every every day tournaments uh they cook they cook for every uh weigh-in you know big meals so they had uh you know some pasta dishes and whatnot down there uh great guys very hospitable if you've never fished one of their events you definitely need to yeah, Steve. Steve's in the comments. We got to shake Steve's hand there at the check-in. He was out risking it all in the media boat. So appreciate Steve. And we're going to learn what you and I did wrong because we've got the champ Rolando here with us to to tell us what he did. He kind of gave a recap on his own Facebook page. He, of course, he talked at the captain's meeting. We're going to get into some of that because what he did was super impressive. I even want to talk to him about fork because he he gave it a run at fork too you know he, he we thought he was gonna pull it off there and had a giant giant bag day one and a bit and i think he won big bass or was close to it over there with yeah. 24 and a half inch uh, he put up so. he put up a bag i really i thought he was sandbagging all day too i thought he was yeah. about to come in and knock off g money yeah so super impressive first two events for him uh so we're gonna get him in here and, and let him break it down for us it was cool to see you know some good friends i had a bunch of old town teammates do really well i see see dale griffin in the comments he finished in the top 10. Uh, we had another one in the top 20, a couple other folks just outside the money. I know some folks of our house in our house were just outside the top 20. Uh, Dave made a run at it. Dylan was one fish short of being up there. My boy, day one yeah. deal. He's he's still at it. Man, I hate seeing that. I want to see Dylan bust out on day two. I know it's going to happen. Uh, we had another guest in our house, a new face, uh, Ewing's brother, Nolan, yeah. who is just as gifted as Ewing. Uh, so he almost, he almost, uh, almost cracked the top 10. Uh, he kind of checked. What was he like? Thirteenth or something like that? Sixteenth. Yeah, he, he made a huge there. climb on the day too. He uh, those Ewings, man, or those those miners. Ewing gave us some of his proverbs as well. Some of his really good sayings there in the house. He's an interesting cat. Oh, you froze up on me, Ryan. You good? Come back to me. Come back to me, Ryan. It's Valentine's Day. Uh, I thought I was still here. <laughs> well, Am okay, I not? There you go. Now you, sure, now you're I'm, good. I'm right here, Jeff. It had froze up on us, but we're good. All right, my bad. Uh, yeah, I see some people in the comments talking about uh, Saturday was wild. It was uh, it was straight up scary coming back from where I where I was fishing. I was fishing in a real calm little area. I was protected from the wind, but coming back, I was taking taking some heat as well. So hats off to all the people that made it back safe. Everybody seemed to do that. We saw some funny video, not funny, but scary videos like Luke Ar <laughs> Luke Arian, Dylan Lowry. They some both, funny videos I mean, trapped they were, they on were the fun. bank with ocean waves pounding yeah, them. They were funny after the fact, knowing that we, they made it back. You know, it wouldn't have been funny if they wouldn't have came back. But Luke uh, put one up. Dylan had a funny one trying to drag himself around the side of a point there. So. Poor deal. He said, this is too much too much waves to pedal in. He's he's going to have to get out and walk it back like a little little puppy dog. Yeah, crazy stuff. Uh, but yeah, let's let's get uh, Rolando in here after a quick break. We always want to thank our sponsors, of course, uh, Western Sun Vodka, Drink of Choice. We got Revo sunglasses tonight. I got a pair hanging. It's Throwing Ooh. Shade Monday. Share this giving thing. Giving away a pair of Revos. Yeah, uh, you guys push it around. Push push it around. around. You got to like and share the stream. Go like Revo's page, our page, and share this live stream, and you can win a pair of sunglasses up to up to three hundred dollars. Uh, you can do it. Time. Each one, reach one, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff busted that one, classic saying out at the house. We all fell out. Yeah. Man's got a memory uh, on him. Hey, speaking of that, real quick before we break and get Rolando <laughs> in here, uh, talking about the community as a whole, how cool was it to see you know our community has grown to such a point that we're able to sell out an event like that? We got a couple more sellouts coming up. You know, uh, Bass had a good turnout on Fork. I think this community is unique in the fact that it kind of – just like KBN, the group page, it self-polices. It kind of cleans itself up. 
I mean, the cream rises to the top, wouldn't you say? I mean, if you put out a good product, the the anglers are your customers. If, if you're doing more for them, whether it's better scheduling, better payouts, working with other organizations, that's what makes these successful. That's where you see that growth. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, divisive, you know, threats and whatever. It You can just put out a good product and then you're successful. That's the best part of it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it cleans itself up. The the best products, like you said, push themselves to the front naturally, organically, whatever you want to say. I hope the uh, All American Series coming up next week. I hope they have a big turnout, uh, and we'll, we'll have another. I'm looking forward to, to covering them this season. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. We'll see what they do because it's another Texas one. It's like the Texas three step. We'll ask Orlando if he's going. He might try to three peat with top fives in Texas. Boy, here we go. Um, yeah, but let's let's take a quick break. We'll get him in here and hear from the champ and and hear what his plans are for the rest of the year and how he took down that monster of a lake this weekend we'll be right back y'all accessories dugout has is just it's excellent the anodized handles for uh, lift and reverse on the motor speaking of motor i decided to go with the newport this year the reason i really like the newport is you can choose whatever brand uh 24 volts and versus hours of runtime I went with the Tim Percy steering system on this. Uh, the unit is so clean in it. Uh, you can pan optics with the remote. You want to be able to control when that. I truly in kayak fish. The best reels, the best tackle, and the best customer service. I know where I can find all this under one roof. It's in Marietta, Georgia. Give Jamie Coza a call and let him absolutely trick out your dream rig. All right. And I, I, last time we played that little clip, Ryan, I meant to uh, give kudos to your little uh, actress there. She stood in and did a great job for your video. She's hanging in there. She's hanging in there. Yeah. But Rolando, welcome, man. Thanks for coming on tonight. I'm ever, after all these tournaments, I know the people that just finished fished and whether they won or not are exhausted, so I know you're tired. Back home, but we appreciate you taking the time, man. Congrats and thanks for coming on. No, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, so yeah, uh, I don't know which one of us want to start with the questions. We'll get some from the crowd, but I know we're both curious as to how you how you made this happen. What I I've got a question. I mean, what was your what was your main approach to this lake? Have you had you fished Toledo Bend a lot more? You know, in your past, did you have some you know prior knowledge to it? How did you find where you wanted to start? Let's let's start there. Uh, I, I've been on Toledo Bend one other time for about three hours on it because I uh, I used to do some boat tournaments with a friend of mine. So we were at a Sam Rayburn event, and since we were so close, we we're like, hey, why don't we go drop in the boat over there and just go mess around for a bit the next day? And uh, <clears throat> that's the only time I actually seen it. So it doesn't really count because I only got to see a pocket of it for like three hours. But uh, while we were there, it did actually show out pretty good. So I, I knew the potential of the lake. And, and going into this, I only had two days of practice because I didn't have enough uh, PTO to get off from work. So I got a bunch of stuff scheduled out, already kind of pre-planned. So I had to make – wanted to get two days of practice in. So I, I scheduled to leave Wednesday, showed up Thursday. I did a lot of map study. Um, I looked into the, the weather, kind of – kind of saw you know the full moon was coming up too uh so i kind of started calculating things to see where i wanted to be at the lake um i, I saw the, that the wind was going to get pretty bad on saturday so i made a 
strategic planning to try to find a place that was going to be protected, but also had a good spawning area or pre-staging area where there's a high percentage of, of spawners, but maybe I could find them out, you know, out in the open a little bit and uh, get away from, from the crowd. Cause usually when it gets hairy like that, it, you know, people look for those protected pockets. So I do a lot of planning when I go to these events, cause I don't get a lot of practice. Uh, I get to see sometimes one day, if I'm lucky, I'll get two days on it. So I'm, I'm constantly on the computer and, uh, and I'm, you know, I got, I run the Garmin units, so I try to buy the, the maps, the, the best maps that they offer so I can, you know, have a chance of those guys, man, that they get to see the water a lot, you know, and, you know, there's some truth to that, man. You got to, takes a while to figure these lakes out. So I got to shorten that learning curve, you know, by, by doing a lot of good map studying and just kind of looking really close to, you know, planning my day out for those two days that I'm going to be there. And I really don't waste any time and I don't talk to anybody. I go, I travel with three buddies of mine. They're all pretty, pretty hardcore fishermen. So we, we show up, we say hi to each other and then we're off on the water, you know, pretty much all day. Um, but yeah, that's, that's usually, uh, uh, where do I start? I guess, uh, I just go into my practice day, see where I start there. Let me ask you this first and you don't have to give away any juice. Did you fish North, South or mid lake? So first day, mid lake, second day, uh south. south my number my my number one spot was the south i lost a giant in practice and uh i was around fish so i was like man this is gonna be good when i started really looking at the weather i was like this is not gonna happen i can't fish this south end right here so i had to i didn't want to start on day two or day one i didn't want to start at that other spot but i was kind of forced to <clears throat> and uh i was just happy that i found a lot of brush piles and a lot of laydowns. So I knew people were going to be beating the banks and I try to find a lot as much as I can offshore because if that doesn't plan out, I can always beat the bank uh, later in the day. Uh, usually on cloudy days, I beat the bank because fish are usually roaming around and things. So it was kind of a risk for me on day one to actually show up and I went completely the opposite direction towards the open lake, main lake area versus where everybody was going. But I knew I had about an hour window before it got really, really bad. And I had marked some stuff out there. So I took that chance of just going out there and quickly checking things out. And I'm glad I did because I got my limit pretty quick on day one doing that. Um, were you so, on the protected side of the lake? I mean, were you uh, <clears throat> like on the on the east side when you started I was on day one? Day one, I was on the both days i was on texas side and okay. um and it was mid lake so it was getting actually it was picking up it was going to get pounded it was just wide open so i, I knew it was coming any minute now and i it was kind of picking up when we took off i waited those 30 minutes and uh i started just you know as soon as that time came around i started i didn't waste any time like i already had stuff marked so i didn't bother to really try to look around too too much so luckily everything I had marked actually still was holding fish. So I went to work with the, you know, and everybody knows I, lo I love throwing a jerk bait. Uh, it's, it's, it's my number one uh, lure to go to. And I use that thing all year round. Uh, <clears throat> but when that doesn't work, you know, I go, I go to conventional stuff, you know, Texas rig or some cranking. <clears throat> but for me, it planned out that first morning and I, got my limit within i guess i don't know an hour and a half two hours 
I got you. Well, let's rewind it because we were going to get into your practice. I was just curious where you were going to – where you fished on the lake because I've talked to some other people. Mid-lake, yep. Yeah. Uh, so, so just – you said you had two days. Uh, two days. You know, tell us how that went, how you found yeah. what you found and, and how that played out for you. Yeah, so Wednesday night, didn't get much sleep, woke up pretty er- uh, early on, on uh, Thursday and decided to go to that, that south end and um, – I think the water temps there were i want to say they were like 47 or 48 at the time and found some back pockets were actually kind of warm on the back end and uh but i went actually looking back there and i didn't find very much so i decided to start scanning and i used my sides you know everybody knows i i love to use a live scope but uh man i still say number one tool for me is a side scan um, I, I love that thing. And I, and I usually really, I usually use it very efficiently and effectively. And I mark stuff all the time and I can see fish on there and I'm marking it. I must've marked, I don't know, probably about 12 or 13 things that I could see were, had some fish on it. And, uh, and I left, I just went, scoped them out. I saw there was fish. I sampled a few, caught a couple of fish <laughs> left sampled and, a few i like that yeah <laughs> just sampled a few yeah yeah i you, usually you know sometimes you don't know what you're looking at you know and just want to make sure they're bass or things like that <clears throat> sometimes uh you know with the live scope sometimes you get caught up wasting a lot of time you see uh drum catfish if they're not if if you don't have a really calm day you're not really getting them side profile it's really hard to make out if they're catfish or bass if you get them sideways you can you can clearly tell they're catfish but uh using that that live scope is uh it's a good tool uh but takes a while to really actually make it effective and you know because it 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 can hurt you quite a bit it it did hurt me when i first got it i was actually catching less fish with it when i first got it Uh, and it took me a good you know when my wife actually bought it for me for christmas I didn't even know what it was. It was just, I opened the box and I'm like, what is this underwater camera? <laughs> Pretty much. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it took me a while to master it. There were, of course, there was no YouTubes and channels at then, but uh, I've had some time with it. So I, I, I got it down pretty good, but that was I tried my, it, I tried it Saturday and Sunday. And like you said, I mean, pre-fishing and, and on Saturday, man, I was out there watching and it's, I, I mean, I was just like wrapped up in watching these big bait balls and, and the bass come up and, and eat them and whatnot. I'm like, what in the world? And then Sunday, you know, I was marking an area where I knew there were fish, but they look like knots on the trees. You know, it's these like post, these post yep. oaks out there on the flats and it looked like knots on the tree. I was talking to, uh, I was talking to Dylan about it and I was like, man, I was like, yeah, I was seeing like knots on the trees. Like, dude, those are fit. Like those are just fish like sucked right up against the tree. This yep. ain't got no knots on them. I was like, oh, okay. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I get that excitement that kicks in when I find a, a tree that's loaded and it's just lit up because, uh, you know, LiveScope has, you know, it, it offers you that opportunity to be able to see, see that. And that uh, there's a couple of times where you, you know, I run into these trees and it's just, it's loaded with catfish and it's like, darn it, they're not bass. And uh, sometimes you'll, <laughs> You know, if you don't know any better, you'll spend time because uh, catfish will show interest in your lures. And so you'll think that you're you're onto something and there goes, you know, 20, 15, 30 minutes trying to catch. And then you realize it's their catfish. <clears throat> so also, you know, you get a lot of, uh, you know, if it's a sunny day, you get a lot of dis- disturbance in the in the unit. 
pick up a lot of particles. You get a lot of reflection off those timber and they'll look like those knots that you're talking about. And they're actually not fish. It's just like, it's the way the, the beam is bouncing off the wood and it makes it glow. So there's a lot of little things you got to pick up over time when you experience it. Matt Fentress uh, has a question. How many fish are you catching live scoping on jerk baits? I don't know if, like, I guess in a day or so. Yeah. Um, a lot of the times, um, the jerk bait is, is not a really good search tool because it slows you down too much. So what I do is I, the, I only turn on the live scope and I only use it once I kind of locate an area where it's kind of, I'm getting bites. And then once I narrow it down and zone in on them, you know, I'll, I'll start going to, you know, picking it apart and the jerk bait comes into play. Cause I mean, it's just a really great, great bait man it just draws like a sniper that... like a sniper yeah it's team. like a yeah just one of those things that uh takes practice it's not really effective unless you really got it dialed in because it could you know it, you go run in a bank with the jerk bait you're gonna it slows you down and sometimes you need to cover water to, to run in those those fish yeah and, and i see more questions in the comments and we'll go back to some of those i know shane's got a couple in there mr carnahan we'll get back to your questions uh, we just want to let Rolando get through his practice and day. So, so in practice, what it, you were looking for pre-spawners, it sounds like. You didn't want to find yep. them up on the banks already. Yep. I, I, I love – if I can – I'll target pre-spawners, you know, more than anything else. Uh, it's just I feel like those fish are a little bit less pressured. They're easier to convince. So I usually go for pre-spawners. And if I can't go for pre-spawners, then I just – I start covering water, you know. Were you looking at like channel swing, like that kind of thing, like highways, if you will, like, you know, yep. the, the channels, the ditches, that kind of thing, the flats surrounding those? Yeah, I usually start as far out as possible in the mouth of things uh, just to see where I can run into them. Uh, and then I'll work my way in trying to figure out if they're, you know, halfway in, a quarter of the way in. And of course, I'll make my way all the way to the back. And occasionally, you know, right now, is the water temps were not supporting you know, to make it to the back of the coves. I wasn't seeing anything where I was at that, that would tell me that there was going to be already fish making their beds back there. But what I did find, <clears throat> because I never ruled it out, you know, these fish don't read the books we do. So sometimes you got to keep <laughs> them honest. And so I, I did go to the back of one of the coves and I actually found, man, I'm, I mean, it must've been stacked with like 20, 25 uh, spotted bass. And it was weird because they were very, isolated to like a very small area and they were all bunched up and I thought they were crappie and I just I threw my jerk bait in there and I just saw a ton of them come out and I'm like yeah they're probably crappie and that one I, I actually caught one and I'm like holy they're spotted bass and so I was like man I didn't come to Toledo Bend to catch spotted bass but I I was like man I'm gonna go ahead and just leave this spot I marked it that actually kind of gave me a little life on the day too um we can get to that but yeah I I most of the stuff I've I always start in the beginning. I scan as much as I can. I mark everything. And honestly, I try to go for big fish, man. Um, that live scope really allowed me to target bigger fish. And um, I try to do that, you know, because I, sometimes, you know, I'll get, you know, I used to fish where I used to run the bank a lot. And I feel like I've gotten more efficient and I don't need to catch, you know, 30, 30, 25 fish. I just rather target bigger fish. And I just try to find where those, you know, try to study the fish where most of these guys, most of them are 
hunkered down. So I started with that. And, and usually my practices are, are just pretty much scanning. I'm not fishing. I don't show up and start casting at a bank because I really don't care to catch uh, too many fish. I'm just kind of looking for pods of fish that are not going to be as pressured. You're too smart. What I've determined uh, from this interview. Yeah, Ryan Van Tyne said your high-tech intelligent <laughs> self is making him feel like a bum. It's it's no. funny talking about pre-fishing and the water depths and the backs of creeks. So Ryan Backa actually asked a question about glide baits. Our boy Dave that was staying in the house with us, old Dave, he was in like two feet of water throwing freaking glide baits, catching them in the back of a creek on, on nice. uh, was it, I guess it was Friday. And I mean, he caught them well on day one too. Day two, that bite died with the, the post frontal conditions. But I mean, we're, you know, everybody's talking or whatever. And we're like, how, you know, how'd you catch them today? And he's like, oh, I still want a glide bait and two feet of water. I'm like, <laughs> what in the hell? Like that's, I promise I wasn't doing that. That's <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm okay. Losing if that, if that's the bite, I'm not, I was not doing that. So I'm way what, off. Way what off he was one. throwing Ryan was a wake bait. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. He was throwing a, a, basically a top water back there yeah. already and catch, he caught 10 or 15 of them on his day one. He yeah. said, yeah, I, I, it you know you you hear people do that and that's why i hate talking to um going to the meetings and hearing everybody discussing things because it gets in your head you know you start hearing people catching them in two three feet and i i was hearing that and i was like man should i be up at the bank you know and i was like you know what nah, i'm just gonna stick with what i know what i practice with and uh, i caught i was catching them good on a jackhammer pre-fishing in like six to eight feet which is exactly number one exactly what i wanted to do number mm -hmm. two what i kind of expected i didn't expect them to be up super shallow trying to spawn but i expect them to be on you know some of the secondary points the little canals and cut-ins i that's what i thought i was going to be looking for uh shane to answer your question i was i was there in san miguel and uh i don't know that i could have picked a worse place for the wind um <laughs> day one but <laughs> but that's where i was so yeah, and we'll get back to some more questions. Uh, Shane, uh, Shane actually asked another question earlier. He said, "Did grass play a factor at all?" And I don't know that there's any place with thick grass on Toledo right now. Is it? I, I didn't find. Um, I, I found little pot, little sections that I could see in the bottom with the live scope that I, that looked like grass, but um, I, I wasn't able to pick anything up to to really. I wasn't on grass. Everything I fished was timber and laydowns. And they were all, you know, transition points where they're migrating, you know, getting ready to to make their move. So that that that's all I was focusing on. Um, <clears throat> day two, I can get a little more detail in what I targeted because I I ran out of stuff to to fish in those transition st stages, you know. So I targeted docks, and that's that was my day two uh, reason I had picked down south because it was loaded with docks, and given the conditions, I needed needed that deep water and along and, and docks and being that the lake was low three feet I uh, I adjusted my my uh, my garment unit lowered it you know changed the water level so I can see which docks were gonna be productive that had deep water I didn't waste any time trying to run any of them and I just had I think there was only about a handful of them that were still over deep you know 10 12 feet of water and man I, I actually mark those i went to go look at them and i caught fish i caught key fish that actually helped me get the win on day two off of those things <laughs> that's awesome yeah. <laughs> this, that, that comment <laughs> carlos don't put you on front street now 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, your buddy Carlos, he said uh, he was up at 2.30 in the morning studying maps while he was getting up to take a pee break. So no sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no sleep. Uh, so, yeah, man, you, obviously you found some stuff in practice. And I want to ask you about, you said you're fishing laydowns on day one. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that, when you say laydowns, you're not talking about them on the bank, stuff you couldn't see right right right, exactly they're under they're they were sitting about 10 to 12 feet of water and uh it was there's so much stuff laying down mid lake there uh i was on the like i said i was on the texas side and it's just there was i mean when when you look at your side scan it's just a vast area of stuff and i just look for the biggest clumps of stuff where you know where they can get tucked in in there and stuff and um and that's really what i marked and I saw another boat doing that on Thursday, and he wasn't catching anything. Uh, and I noticed that I I drug a Texas rig through there trying to see if I could get some of them. But man, that jerk bait just it just drives that core feeding inner you know instinct that they have. And if I if you get it in front of them, it's really hard for them not to bite it or even show themselves. You know that's the key thing. Is I did use a I did use a glide bait also this weekend on big brush piles to see if I can drive. Cause I would, I would scan brush piles that looked like they didn't have anything because they were just, they were too big. So I didn't know if there was stuff in there. And, uh, I would throw a, gl- a glide bit over that to see if I could pull anything, draw anything out of them. And, uh, occasionally I would. And so I was like, man, they're in there. They're just hunkered down inside of it. Edwin was saying that he, uh, he got out there on day two with, with his live scope and he would have them follow the jerk bait out like almost all the way to the boat, but they would not fire on it. And then, I mean, he got in a pretty good little flurry there and, and caught his limit. But like for the first three or four hours, he was, you know, working brush piles and stuff. And he said those yep. fish were just, they would not eat. They would pursue the jerk bait, but would not eat it. Yeah. There, there's a couple things I do to, uh, I cycle through, I mean, I carry a box full of jerk baits and, uh, I make all kinds of modifications to them. So, you know, if, and if I can, if I can swap them out, I'm, I'm doing it sometimes, but, and, uh, and I get it right in front of them to see which one. And I, I you know, t- talking about that, I was going through the same deal where I couldn't get them to get it really good. Um, and on day one, I didn't realize how clean the water was because I was out there really early. So it kind of looks stained, but it's got that tannic color to it. So once I realized how clear it was, man, I could see these fish actually come up and go from like five feet, six feet to come and investigate my jerk bait, which I was like, man, it's a, they can see, this is not as dirty as it, I thought it was. And so, uh, I, I took the approach of going very, very natural color. Um, even in that stained water. So if I could, if I could give them like a hard visit, like something just to kind of, cause I was putting it right in front of them. So I didn't, I didn't have to have it really bold. So I just went really natural and, and they actually started eating it a lot better after I figured that out where even in the stained water, I was trying to hide it kind of, but you know, you kind of put that lure in there where it's pressured and it pops really, they would, I would, they would come up to it, they nose up to it and then they turn around and leave right away. I keep and, one emergency jerk bait in my kayak in case I absolutely hate my life. And then I'll tie it on and throw that rusty? for the rest you of the rusty, rusty It is rusty. It's a Vision 110 with rusted hooks. It's uh, like the blue back with the, the bright yellow stripe. That's my go-to emergency jerk bait. 
I'm going to throw this comment from Ryan back up here. And it's a good point he's making because everybody's not going to have live scope right now. Right. Uh, right. They can't, but just about all the graphs, affordable graphs, you can, you can find more on a side scan, decent side scan. Right. Uh, or even decent down imaging. And he says here, uh, you don't need anything fancy to make, to use your graph appropriately. If it wasn't for his graph and marking brush piles, he wouldn't even have gotten a limit. And he, he ended up finishing almost, he was just outside of getting a check. Uh, Katie Backa, so Team yep. Backa over there, both of them were in the top 50, and they were marking brush piles with their graphs. So you don't have to have live so to pull that off, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I still think uh, side scan is the best invention, man. Um, the You know, that's if, once you master that, uh, you're, you'll elevate your game uh, a little quite a bit actually because it, it's gonna it's gonna give you access to to bigger fish because uh, you know a lot of these tournaments are in prime time season right we're all used to you know going in when they're pushing up right spring they're getting ready for the you know the spawn and so a lot of us you know it's kind of like the easier time to go bass fishing because you're gonna run into them if you cover enough water on the bank but if you if you master that side scan, um, it doesn't matter what season you're in. You're 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 going to be proficient and efficient to find a fish pretty much all the time. Yeah. Well, uh, let's let's get into your day one, man. You said you got a limit pretty quick there. Let's, let's get into how day one went for you. Yeah, I um, I launched and I man, I went probably about not even a hundred yards from the boat ramp uh, out towards the mouth of the of the area I was fishing and. Uh, started started fishing the just the brush piles that i had and it was all that morning was jerk bait rattle trap and spinner bait um most of them did come off the jerk bait but i did get some uh some good fish off the off the rattle trap i got a good fish off of there <clears throat> that rattle trap was uh and i'll i'll, I'll give a little bit of juice to that out of right. the rattle trap because i i yo-yo the rattle trap when i you know when it's not too crazy deep and i i actually put a feather hook on it and that's only effective that's only effective when you're yo-yoing it and i think it just gives them something to a little more life to it you know hey uh, i've never I, I i don't know anybody throwing feathers on rattle traps so no nope. you... You win that out one. Fishing, <laughs> yeah. Dugoutfishing.com have feather trailers. Feather, <laughs> they're about to. Jamie, put on feathered rattle traps. Go. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> I wouldn't chuck and wind that. It's just, you know, when you got a little bit of stain in the water, and it, it, it and, and I just, I use it when I yo-yo it because it, it just makes, makes, a, makes it look like it's got a little tail on it when it's coming down, you know? So Smart. That, that's the only time I ever, wherever, ever use that. Have you ever used a rooster tail? Those are really, really great feather baits as well. Yeah, old school. He's not giving up all the juice, Ryan. <laughs> he caught them all in a rooster tail. No. Somebody said something about you and Carlos sharing a bed. <laughs> Man, every, every I'm not trying to start any rumors here, but we need to address this. Now that we got to the feather in the tail part, I'm going to uh, go ahead. He just won a tournament, Ryan. He can afford his I own room for now. <laughs> No man, oh, we boy. we always we always end up adding like one person because someone waits to the last minute to be like, yeah, I didn't book a room or I don't have anything, man. Do you got some, do you got some room? And and it always ends up where like, man, I, I guess I could share my bed and you know we're just 
you know, split the cost. And so we, we end up doing that. And yeah, I ended up sharing a, it is a king size bed. So we got plenty of room between us. We it had people sleeping on windowsills. Dave slept on some little <laughs> plywood box. Like we, we, we way overbooked that one for sure. <laughs> I wish we had nicer people in our house. So they shared beds, but no one did. Yeah, I appreciate you giving Pappy the the room there, Ryan. Y'all gave me a, my own little bedroom, so that was that was nice. Well, you said you wouldn't come if we didn't give you your own room, so that is true. Really have a choice. Not showing up. <laughs> I have to uh, I have to go through my procedures at night before I go to sleep. You, you don't want to see that. How how did you change your game plan on day two? So you told us how how day one went, but what what happened? How did you shift gears for that bluebird sky, brutally cold post frontal day? Yeah, it, and it's hard to do that because, you know, given that the, 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 you know, the limits that were being turned in on day one, I was like, man, I really did want to go back to my day one spot. But <clears throat> I, I started looking at the weather and I said to myself, man, it's going to be bluebird skies. There's, there's, there is no docks. I mean, there is docks there, but they're pretty much out of water. They're, they're like a foot of water. I was like, I can't run any docks. Um, everybody was was beating the bank there everything i found everybody saw me where i was catching them that was around me so i'm like man i don't know if i'm gonna have that if it's gonna be as good for day two so i decided to go to the first location which was down south that i had practice at because that had docks which i needed for bluebird skies and it had deep water um so I, I knew that they were going to be in the shade as soon as as soon as the sun comes up, they were going to be feeding in the morning. I said, you know what, fishing is going to slow down around ten thirty. Everybody is going to be struggling trying to find fish, and if I can just find those shaded areas, I mean they're kind of easy pickings. You know, it's they kind of you already know that they're they don't really like to roam around in sunny bluebird skies, and they're going to find that shade or deeper water, and that eliminates for me having to have to run banks. And, you know, your transition points of like sand to rock that, that goes out all of the, out of the window. Like you don't need to fish any of that stuff that you're, that you're doing. Cause I can just go and target very specific shaded areas at this point. And it, that eliminates a lot of guessing and, and it worked for me because as soon as I found the docks that were still in deeper water, I just, I just fished those and I skipped everything in between. I wish we had this interview, um, last Thursday. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, right? That's what I'm saying. Because everything, everything Rolando's saying that, yeah, I thought these people were going to do this. I mean, it makes sense. And it wasn't going to work. I'm like, yeah, that's what I did. No wonder I sucked it up. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, that's cool. Well done. Did did y'all fish docks? Uh, Uh, I I really didn't fish docks. I fished down in Indian Creek about as far southwest as you could go. Yep. Uh, And I found real warm water, and I had fish way up in the back of some of those pockets that were trying to to spawn, but they disappeared. Jeff, were you at day two at Indian Creek? Yeah. Did you fish down there? I did. There was only three of us. (laughs) Oh, my God. I couldn't catch a fish down there. Oh, here we go. So I launched at that south, what is it called? Uh, Did you launch at the bridge? No, 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 not at the bridge, at the at the main boat ramp. What is it called? Um, oh gosh, over by the dam. Toledo, yeah, by the dam. Toledo. Yeah, South. yeah. I didn't, I didn't fish over there. I fished towards uh, the back. Towards the back of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but in, you in, needed in, you deep water, back. Jeff, on deeper yeah. docks. Come on, man. Yeah, only people that launched with us was <laughs> it was me, Kate Fields, and uh, 
Uh, Lance McC- uh, AJ's cousin McWhorter from Texas. Lance, oh, yeah. AJ's cousin, I got you. Yeah, so, yeah. I, so I was out at the front of it, and you were at the back of it. Yeah, I was yeah. at the very, not the very back, but pretty far back. He was pretty on the winning back, side yeah. of the yeah. creek. You were in the back of it. So I was literally around the corner from the winning fish, Ryan. How about that? That's a, that's beautiful. I'm glad you were there. Your well, I wish I'd have known you were there. I would have went. I could have came and filmed you while you won the tournament. I, that's what I would have done for you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, but anyway, there we go. I was too far back. Uh, Alas. So look, look at this day two leaderboard here and looking at the total leaderboard, you know, your fish were all similar in size, 16 and a half to 18 there. And then you had that 19 and three quarter inch kicker. Can you tell us when you caught that? Oh, or is there any man. kind of story behind that? Because that Dude. won you the tournament. You were only an inch ahead of the second place finisher, Cody Henley there. Yeah, man. You know, that, that 19 and seven, five and that 16.75, man, if I, and I'll send you a picture. I actually doubled up on an a rig on the on those two fish there was a there was a tremendous coal right right off the bat when i when that happened oh, i felt yeah. it send that picture <laughs> that ain't no jerk bait no that, jerk bait come on that was day, jerk bait was mostly uh dominant day one and a little bit in day two <laughs> do you have feathers on your a rigs at all no okay all right no, I usually don't really use feathers at all. Actually, uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to make it a thing. I want to pull yeah. up to the ramp at at Santee it, it Cooper just, and see everybody with just feathers hanging feathers off of all every... their shit. <laughs> yeah, that's what you I know. Want to I know see. Patrick. I know uh, Patrick. Uh, what's his name uh, from Bassmasters? He's the one that exposed the jerkbait bite right at Lake Fork. He he runs that feather on his uh, jerkbait. I I still haven't done that, but. Uh, I'm pretty sure it works. He made it. That's actually where I got the idea of doing the feather for the for the rattle trap one for yo-yoing it. So you busted a double on this A-rig, and that's essentially what what won this whole thing for you. Yeah, I found I found a lay down, and uh, they were I could see that they were glued to the bottom, and uh, they wouldn't come up and eat the jerk bait. So I hate throwing the A-rig, and you know I. Did not have it i carry with me because if there's ever a bite you know i know that thing can fire and i'm not gonna get beat with it so i might as well have it you know and i ended up uh tying it on and threw it that day and when i started getting bites on it i was like man i just i'm gonna i'm gonna and there were bigger bites actually with the with the with the uh umbrella rig so i got it off a lay down and it was about 20 about 20 feet in depth that lay down was in the, in the middle right in the middle of a cove right in the entrance of a cove and so i picked up i picked up that lay down when i was coming into it uh kind of beating the bank and i saw it on the side scan so i marked it finished my route once i got to the back of like three quarters of the cove on my way back out i said well let me see what's on this thing and i uh i, sh- I pulled up to it and uh fired it out there and i let it hit the bottom way past the lay down and I slow rolled it and man, I felt that hit that thump and I set that thing in and I was like, man, this is a giant. Well, once I got it up to the boat, I could see that I had two on there and that, that was a fat fish, man. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Yep. Um, some people saying, how dare you hate on the eight rig. Some people are saying they hate the eight rig. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like it, man. Just cause it's kind of a, you know, it's, it's messy. It, you gotta have it all, you know, nice and neat out of the way. Um, but 
that's really the only reason I don't like I don't like it. I mean, it it used to be very effective where it was kind of like unfair, but it fish have gotten conditioned to it. You don't I don't view as good as on the umbrella rig like most people say it does. I think there's times that it does shine, but it's not it's it's not a huge advantage like it used to be when it first came out. Let me ask you Calco's fishing it. bait sack. That's yeah. a, that is a key accessory for an A rig. That'll keep keep you uh, from yep. getting all your other stuff tangled in it all day long. I appreciate that tip there. Yeah, man. Ryan, <laughs> Ryan turned me on to those bait sacks, oh, I don't know, a couple months ago. I'd seen them and never really paid much attention to them, but I, I got a, a lot of them, and man, those are the... Those Anything are, with treble hooks or A-rigs, it's yeah. a it's a must-have. I almost said game-changer, but for me, I guess it would have been game-changer because it did make a lot of <laughs> things easier. I stopped snagging all my jackets and shirts when I reached back behind me. Yep. Um, See if but, I can find uh, this picture, and I'll send it to you right now. Yeah, yeah, send it. I'll throw it on the screen. But on your A-rig, are you running weedless hooks? Because uh, there were people losing A-rigs all over the place in the timber over there. Yeah, I actually did not have the um, – I didn't get the hooks in time that I really wanted, and I, I did – I didn't. I got lazy because I don't like throwing it too much, and so I just left the hooks that have a wire on it. It's a weed guard. Uh, where is this double A-rig? So yeah, I, they were weedless though, and I could feel them hitting tree limbs and stuff. And uh, they do stay pretty weedless as long as you don't lay into them pretty good when you hit those trees, thinking it's a bite. Let's see here. As soon as it comes through, I'll throw, I'll throw it on the screen for you. I watched um, Mark Pendergraft catch his first a rig fish uh, while he and I were out playing around on day two. I grafted a grafted a bunch of fish off a brush pile, and I was like, "Man, there's a ton of fish here!" And he throws his a rig in and catches like a two and a half pound crappie. <laughs> So yeah, that's about how this day's gone. And we got a we got a question from one of from Katie Baca, our PR person in the in the comments there. Uh, how much do the glide bait you throw go for normally? You throwing them high dollars? I saw the picture of the one. Is that a Chad Shad, Rolando? That, it looked like it's uh, no man. It's a um, Texas swim baits. Okay. Um, they go for they run as low as one twenty if you get the six inch. I think it is, and then it goes up to one hundred. Fifty, I think. I can't dollars, remember. dollars yes. or Doge coins. <laughs> dollars. Dog quarters. Goodness gracious! They they throw. Uh, have you ever thrown a Chad Chad? The KGB swim baits. You uh, big I swim bait guy. Get a, I'm trying to get my hands on one, man. It's like it's so so hard to get one. So the guy that makes those is right down the road here from me. <laughs> nice. So Jeff can hook you up, right? Now. I can't hook you up, but he lives here, so I can maybe go break into his house for you or something. Or send me <laughs> enough money. Yeah, I I hear uh, I hear those things are amazing. You yeah, know, yeah so. he does great work. Yeah. does great work but it's it's unbelievable when he does a drop on his website i mean it's like concert tickets within five yeah. ten minutes it's like a bos entry they just try it's like a bos entry just gone just sold out just like that it's insane. yeah the the texas swim baits are are similar man i i uh I, they last maybe about five minutes on there too and uh, he makes a drop on them and man they they're quality baits they work i mean they look amazing yeah that and, bait and you threw up on your page on your personal facebook page mm -hmm. it looks a lot like a chat chat very similar craftsmanship i bet so mm -hmm. if they work anything like them i'm sure they're they're fantastic yep well, we have some people talking a rigs in the comments anything else for mr rolando tonight i know he's wore out it's valentine's day we don't want to keep everybody too long um super impressive man and, and let's go back for a second before we wind things up about lake fork we thought you were going to pull off Lake Fork. We kept th Ryan said it before we came on. We, we thought you were sandbagging. We we're going to run down our boy, G Money Garrett Morgan. So, uh, yeah. How, 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 how'd Lake Fork go for you? Um, 
day one obviously was was good you know i, I jerk bait actually and i tried the i tried the uh the old jig there but most of my fish in my area were suspended there's i was in deeper water so they were sitting at in that 10 to 12 foot range and that's how i was getting them off of timber and i had a i had one dock that was pretty loaded and that dock is what convinced me to go back day two which man i i i i shouldn't have gone back over there i think that i i wore them out day one a little too much on the jerk bait and i and i think that hurt me for day two because when i went out there they just would not eat the jerk bait i mean they look at it they nose up to it and i could see there were giants and i and I, and and in the morning i hooked into four and i that rod loaded up completely and one head shake and they were off mm. and i was just like man what is going on i checked my hooks i checked everything and i mean there were there was nothing wrong with the equipment um it's just it's just they were they were real picky on how they were getting that thing and they weren't getting it really good so i i struggled all morning and then about nine nine forty five about a little bit before 10 o'clock my my 360 belt busted so my mm. pedals were slightly turned and i fixed that and i ended up uh it changed my game plan because i'm so used to using my 360 and it and it works really well in conjunction with my live scope so i had to adjust where i don't have reverse anymore i don't have i can't turn the nose of a kayak so and i'm in a, i'm around all this timber and i'm getting pushed all up into it i can't i can't maneuver quietly anymore i'm over here making all this noise trying to grab a paddle to turn myself and i just it just shot my area completely trying to trying to maneuver through all of that stuff and it was i was being too loud wasn't getting the bites that i needed and i i was about to zero i hadn't had a single fish all day till about 30 minutes to the end of the day when i made it back to the boat ramp I was like, man, you know what? I caught some good fish over there at that bridge pylon. Let me just go over there and make a last ditch effort. And I caught four fish within like less than 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, but that's why you don't quit. I mean, no. that, that that's exactly why, like, even when my boat was sinking out there, I kept on trying to get to that next point because you can hit a flurry that'll change your whole day. I'm like, don't, Absolutely. don't stop, like stop, you know, stop at four o'clock and then figure out how to swim. Yeah, like yesterday, I loaded up midday and went back to Arkansas when all I had to do was go around the corner and maybe catch, <laughs> maybe and catch a few. Tie some feathers on your stuff and catch <laughs> a few. Get to chucking. I got side scanned for God's sakes. Have I had I only known. No, I'm just kidding. What's your uh, favorite jerk bait? Before we get off here, what's your favorite jerk bait? Let's, let's get you signed up. Uh, right now, two, yeah, I'll tell you, the two best, uh, my favorite is the Mega Bass. Uh, it's, a over, it's, it's a little, it's overpriced. It doesn't last as long. Um, but man, I tell you the action of it, and there's something about that one that just works. Uh, I think works a lot better than those. And the second one is is the Berkeley Stunner. The Berkeley Stunner Stunna, is Stunna. actually okay. excellent, excellent crankbait. You don't have to change anything out of it. All the hardware on it is quality enough to land big, big fish. You got to be careful with the jerk baits from Mega Bass with the equipment, the those hooks. That's I had I one straighten the back hook, a big one on Chickamauga, straighten the back hook, trying yeah. to net it. And I was like, man, this is why I don't throw treble hooks. Yeah. 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 No, it's, uh, there's a little work that goes into, to those, uh, baits, you know, when I get them ready to, to fish them, the, uh, there's some modifications I do to those and, and to get them ready. Cause you, you can catch little, like, you know, 15, 16 inches, but man, those six pounders will expose your, your equipment. 
and they're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be heartbroken. I was say, how do you modify it to target six pounders? Rub something on there. Uh, <laughs> I, I think he's trying to modify it to handle six pounders. I, yeah. I think Dylan recommended like uh, some gamagatsu hooks that are the same weight as the mega bass hooks, but they don't change the balance or the action, which is right. the the, right. the biggest detriment to changing out hooks on like a mega bass vision one ten, for instance. You have to keep that that dynamic, or the bait won't react yeah, correctly when you're popping it. Exactly. Yeah, they're really fine tuned, man. And any. I mean, you change one hook out, and it, it changes the whole way the thing works. So um, that's a good and bad thing. But yeah, the, the hooks, uh, they're 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 not they're not good, and they get worse when you go to the junior size. <laughs> yeah, a uh, couple more quick questions from the crowd before we get you out of here. We got a huge audience tonight, by the way. We've got, I don't know, I think seventy or something, seventy something over on Facebook. We've got our biggest audience ever on YouTube. We're up in the twenties, so we've been running around a hundred all night total. So thank you everyone for watching wherever you're watching from. People love you, Rolando. You're the yeah, man, man. man of the Valentine's Day hour. So <laughs> a couple of people asked, are you going to fish Palestine? For, is it Palestine? Palestine? Palestine's a country, uh, right? Or something over there. Palestine? What? I don't That's, know. Like a nation. <laughs> a a nation. nation within a country. Palestinians. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so are you going to fish that All-American Series event there? Yeah. Uh, when, what, what day does that fall? Because I'm, I'm going to uh, the Bassmasters in uh, – championship in south carolina so it's before when it, that it's before that no i hadn't planned for it i i've been looking to see what i want to jump into that's actually a, a pretty good one I, I probably might consider it might as well I don't, you're on a roll yeah yeah well, i stop now just dominate <laughs> and momentum man momentum's a oh, thing man. you better fish it, every it, tournament it, you can yeah <laughs> no you know it pretty grateful every dog has his day you know so you know, you get you go through these slumps, and then you get these flurries of of good good fishing, and uh, you just yeah, like you said, keep that momentum going. And I'm just I'll take advantage of it while it's there and see what happens. So the the last question of the night from Steve Fields, one of uh, one of the crowd favorites in the crowd there, the man on the camera boat out there. I saw those pictures he had. He asked, "Are you looking forward to the TOC now?" I mean, yeah, we can talk I about am. that. You're the first qualifier for the TOC for the year, ready to roll. I am. Here. Yeah, I am. I'm pretty excited about that. I never seen, uh, never seen. Is it cattle or that? Where is it? Yeah, oh, yeah. I never, cattle, never seen man. it. I heard good things about it. I saw people do some serious damage on it, so I, I'm pretty excited. What uh, I'm gonna have to spend some time out there to really kind of take a look at it because it's a There's different giants. I mean, it's like that for me. That's probably the healthiest fishery that I've ever fished a tournament on when we were down wow. there for that. I mean, it was, I, I can't, I, I mean, it was probably 80 something six pounders that got caught in one day of the, the <laughs> event down there. It's stupid. I mean, everybody was catching giants. Yeah. yeah. I can imagine that out there it's just, uh, it's shallow, right? I heard it's super shallow. It's not a deep lake. There's only a few deep parts, but it's all huge cypress trees scattered out, and you have to kind of figure out and i'm sure it changes seasonally are they on the solitary one big cypress are they mm -hmm. looking for the groups of cypress but cody milton i saw him post like a six seven or something down there today so he went he swung by there after the after the tournament nice yeah man i'm excited about that that's gonna be uh i'm pretty sure they're gonna produce some good bags out of there ryan i got yeah. somebody trying to say hello to this to the podcast uh-oh keep climbing up here hello <laughs> hello everyone I'm trying to interrupt everything. Go back down. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I, for some reason, I thought it was going to be Clifton Allen, but no. it wasn't. 
as your no, puppy. It's not. <laughs> it was my pup. Close, she, she close. Trying to climb up, climb up in here. Um, but yeah, man, TOC is going to be the event of the year. Steve says it. I bet it will be. So oh, yeah. looking forward to that. I'm a long ways from making it there, but we've got we've got more swings at the how many at the deal. How many people do they usually put in that event? Fifty only. They, they only take fifty, 50 total. Hard hard stop at fifty. Yeah. It's three from each event, so that's what twenty-seven. Uh, and then the winner from last year plus the rest come from the AOY points. Yep. Nice. So it's tough. It's the toughest nut to crack in the whole. Got to work deal. to make that one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So especially with all these events capping out, I mean, there, it's a lot I, more pressure. It's a lot more competitive, you know, with the two hundred person max. And I mean, I think, I think we're gonna see probably another six events cap out. Yeah, I'm gonna try to make it to that Oklahoma one. So we'll see if I can get in it. <laughs> north, you got north, you got, the Northeast guys show up. Cap your event out. All right, show up. Come on, well, let's cap the whole season off. We can do it. Yeah. You gotta I go on and chase that, that AOY now, Orlando. You won the event, so you gotta go ahead and get, try to get you a few more good events. Yeah, but uh, what is it? Three events, right, or four yeah, events? Three events. Come three up events. to Broken Bow. That live scope will play up there for sure in May. Those suckers will be out there suspended off those deep points. You'll <laughs> yeah. wear them out. Yeah, I'm going to give it a shot and see if I can. Yeah, man. All right, anything else, Ryan, before we get out of here? No, man, I'm good. I'm going to go pack a bag and head to another state. All right. Well, there we go. Uh, Rolando, thanks so much, man. I know you're tired. Congrats once again. Very impressive what you pulled off down there. Uh, you are a, a tactician, man. It was, it was an impressive <laughs> interview tonight. We appreciate it. Wise man. Wise man. No, I appreciate it, guys. Really, you know, it's an honor and a it's always a good time. I, I see I see some of your ball scats, so I, I had a good time tonight. I have a feeling we will see you again before the yeah. end of the season. If I if I were a betting man, <laughs> yeah, for sure, hopefully, for sure, man. All right, well, Ryan, All happy right, Valentine's Day, man. Happy Valentine's Day, yep. boys. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, Thanks. and I did I did the drawing while we had a pause there. Shane oh, Carnahan. Wow. He asked a bunch Shane, of questions tonight. All right, then. And he is the winner of the Revo Sunglasses giveaway. So, Shane. You're going to be looking good, Shane. You're going to be looking good, man. Anyway, <laughs> that's it, y'all. We're gone. We'll see y'all next week. All right, see ya. Peace, guys.